Well, hello, everyone, and welcome today again to another Black Box podcast. We're so glad to be with you. I'm here with Melissa again. Hello, everyone, and we're continuing our journey on our Black Box podcast as we look a little bit more behind the scenes about what happens uh, in leadership meetings, what principles are we learning as we continue to move forward with mission and vision. Um, So we're glad you joined us today. Yeah, we're moving right along here uh, week by week. Uh, Melissa, take us through uh, what we talked about last episode. Last time, I would say this one to me is uh, a key one that you, Kevin, have been helping us with. And it's a mindset sh- mindset shift here for us that the, the whole idea is the purpose is in the process. And so it's not just to get to an end result or an end answer even on a big decision that we might have. It's the process in order to make the decision that matters just as much. And so uh, we talked about the art of learning along the way. It's about experiencing the journey uh, with your team and discovering the outcome together and not just, again, the the end result. What's the answer? What are we going to do? It's let's go on this journey together and and explore and learn um, along the way. And, And there's so much learning that can happen in the journey. Yeah, it's so true. The best leaders I've ever followed or learned from are learners. And it's so important for us to be willing to learn along the way, but actually think about our thinking and what are we working on and what are we learning as we're working on what we're working on. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, This week, Melissa, take us through what we're going to be talking about. So we continue to be journeying through uh, the book, Canoeing the Mountains, and this week we are already in chapter 14, and so we're excited if you're reading along with us uh, in in that book. And so we were discussing in our executive meeting um, what the art of listening, and that leadership begins with listening, and listening to other people who might not be uh, exactly at the table. And that's even a little bit of the point of this podcast, is to say, okay, executive leadership team, Um, you know, you're at the table, you're making those decisions, but this podcast is even trying to open that up a little bit more. And that so much is about what uh, even this chapter and what we talked about um, this week. And I know, um, you know, listening's hard sometimes, especially as leaders, we we have strong opinions, we're we're vocal, um, and, and we need to slow down sometimes to say, wait, let's listen to the other perspectives at the table. I know growing up, the big thing was, uh, you know, Melissa, you've got two ears and one mouth. So I think we're supposed to do twice as much listening as talking. And so sometimes those simple principles, even as a kid, are probably uh, things that we need to put into practice even today. And so, um, yeah, so we, in chapter 14, uh, we continue the journey with Lewis and Clark on their exploration into the new land. Now, they came along somebody who was maybe on the margin, somebody who you would have not thought to help them um, on this journey and to navigate the next twists and turns that they needed to take. Um, and so there was a young woman, uh, Sakiawea. I probably said that incorrectly. Sakiawea. There you go. And so <laughs> she was, they met her along the journey. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that, Kevin, because again, unexpected person to help them uh, navigate the next part of the journey. Yeah, for sure. Bolsinger talks about how Sakiawea was on the margins for sure but was instrumental and pivotal in the development and moving forward for the core of discovery and likens it to how there are people who are on the margins in our world 
And this is what I really appreciate about the way he looked at it. It's, a, it's a, again, a shift for us, a paradigm that in many ways, even though they may be on the margins, they may be actually ahead of what are considered to be the dominant figures from the old world, so to speak. So we've talked about how the world ahead is completely different than the world behind. And, you know, things aren't going to go back to normal or go back to the way they were. And even though Bolsinger wrote this book five years ago, it's just so incredibly in tune with what we're going through right now. And to anticipate and to think about and to try to lead ourselves and one another and our organizations and our culture toward the new future, toward whatever God has for us, towards what we need to become in order to reach people and fulfill the mission, uh, there's a value in not just thinking that the people who are prominent figures in interpreting and leading in the old world are the ones that need to do it or the ones we need to listen to for the new world. He's actually suggesting, no, there, there's, there may be some people on the margins who have not been recognized or have not been seen for the value of their opinion, that if we take the time to listen to them, they can give us insight and relationship and connection and understanding that will make us far more effective and help us move further faster than if we only listen to ourselves. So that's what we're responding to. Uh, take a listen to this clip from our meeting. I think there's a pool, a large pool of professional retirees that have never been given the space to download what they have trapped in their brain from years of working and exploring and trying all kinds of things that we have this pool of educated professional retirees who would love nothing better than to be able to do that download and knowing that they potentially could be going to the grave and never sharing all of the experience, the hard work, the blood, the sweat, the tears that they you know, just gave year over year over year and nobody knows about it. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I, uh, I came across when when we were talking about doing the gaming stuff, Lorna really wanted us to, to get into the gaming space. I was doing research on uh, Twitch, just because uh, it's the biggest gaming platform in the world. And there's this this guy, he has a Twitch channel called Preaching Brothers. And it's the fastest growing Twitch channel, it, or at least it was when I was researching in the summertime. Really fast growing. Like I'm talking about like in two months, he went from no one watching to millions of people watching every Sunday. And I was like, I got to see what this guy is doing. And it's just him in front of a green screen with a waterfall behind him. And he's kind of talking to a corner. And he's just talking to people about Jesus. All, all day long on Sunday, he just has. And he gets trolled so hard. I'm talking about the worst words you can have come out of a human's mouth. All of these people just scathing, terrible perversions, like the worst possible words you can use. And he's just calmly talking to people about Jesus. He'll, he'll respond to certain comments like, oh, you shouldn't say that. 
you know, like, but, but in a loving compassion, like deep South, very, like you would think like, this is a preacher, like this is a guy, but, but just, I was amazed in, he's in a, he's in a context that no one is willing to walk into. And it was mind blowing. Millions of people watch him every Sunday. No one, no, no one talks about him. I'm like, it's, it's interesting that you say that, Joel, because what I would say is um, what I found interesting, uh, it, it, again, completely different perspective of the same data. So uh, I, I read the story of Sacagawea very differently. Um, I knew the story for, because I've read many different books on, on Lewis and Clark, but um, it was, it's our failure to recognize and when I say our failure, it's our failure to recognize those hidden gifts in others. Uh, so Sacagawea is there mm. and, and was always there. She always had that knowledge. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't something that, um, it was only something that we perceived that she didn't have. Um, so how could she help us? Because how could she be more intelligent, smarter, or under, more understanding than I am? And and I think that we, we take, sometimes we, we we put ourselves in a position where that's our attitude, our attitude, going back to what Joel said earlier, given all the data that we've got, we've chosen not to see that in others. We've chosen um, not to see the fact that um, others around us have, uh, have incredible ideas or that there are other Christians out there who have different ideas from us. And we've, we've chosen to, to, to not go down that path. And, and I don't know what it is in Canada, but I, I know that, Predominantly, people would argue that we're evangelical Christians at Crossroads, and that may or may not be true. I'm just going to uh, put that out there. But but 18% of the population, as I understand it, of Christians in Canada are evangelicals. So that tells me that there's 82% of the population of Christians out there who may not, who who may be the Sacagaweas, who may giving you know, you know talk about Paulette, what Paulette just said, that have an incredible amount of w wisdom. And for some reason, we're, we haven't gone down that path. We haven't encouraged a different conversation or another conversation or a series of other conversations to embrace that, um, that, uh, that like constituency or whatever. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. And, and I think that that's something that, that this chapter really pointed out, that, that, that there are people within our own organization who've got an incredible breadth, but also people out there who've got an incredible breadth that we need somehow to embrace. Okay, so you hear a little bit of input on some of the different people that maybe we haven't listened to as effectively as we need to and how we can even have a conversation about who these groups of people are, who these individuals are, how we can um, care for them enough to listen to them and that's really what I want to kind of pull out of this conversation a little bit today. It's a counterintuitive principle for high-level leaders to listen. Now, as I say this, most of us, we, we, we bristle under that a little, like you need to listen more because all of us have been challenged by this at least once because we're all leaders. We all have opinions about vision and leadership and direction, and we're all very good at what we do because otherwise 
you wouldn't be someone that this podcast was sent to. You've arrived at a certain level of leadership and leadership respect for the things that you do and say and learn, and that's great. But as talented people and leaders who are expected to lead, one of the hardest things for us to do sometimes is instead of talk and tell, to listen and learn. Uh, we so often have a default of being tellers instead of listeners. And there's good reason. We think we're right, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, I've, I've never had an opinion I thought was wrong, and neither of you. And because we think our opinions are right, we tend not to listen well. And I think, Melissa, you know, this is probably true for you, although you're not a, an argumentative person. You're a very great person to get along with and, and work with. But we've all been in an argument and only listened well enough to get whatever information we could get to use it to form our next argument. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, for some of us, that might have been in the last day or two. I don't know. <laughs> But really what we have to train ourselves to understand that in every environment we're in, it's not about finding a way to win, uh, mm. our, win our position or even win people over to our side. It's not even as much about who's right. It's about listening. And the reason why that is true is because if we're dominating a person, dominating a people group, dominating with all our telling and not taking time to listen, we actually won't earn the right to convince them that we're right. Mm. And so it's counterintuitive principle for many of us. We would rather be listened to than to listen to others. But listening is the key to building an effective business, a ministry, a leadership team, because it quickly identifies that our goal is not about winning an argument or winning someone over to our side. Listening is about loving and understanding. And so here's, here's the, a, a, a principle that I've kind of narrowed it down to this sentiment. Listening is so close to loving, most people can't tell the difference. And I pulled some of that from uh, an author by the name of David Augsburger many years ago, and he was talking about a concept called interpathy. So we've heard of sympathy and empathy, and his idea of interpathy is, is deeper than sympathy and empathy. It's actually when you understand the other person's position so well, you actually begin to see the world through their eyes. Mm. And that's where... I started to develop this idea that listening is so close to loving, most people can't tell the difference. I think this is what Jesus did. He, he loved people through actually giving them space and time and having meals with them and dinner. And you know that we focus a lot on what Jesus said, but a lot is unwritten about what he did. And when he's spending time at people's houses for dinner, he's not talking the whole time. Mm. He's hearing, he's listening, he's engaging with them. Um, and at the risk of continuing to talk, let me just share a, a something else that, that's interesting on this, I think. So over the 24 years of my pastoral ministry, I did a lot of counseling. And I sat with couples over the course of their marriage. And pre-marriage counseling, one of the principles I would give them that would save so much strife and struggle in their marriage is this, seek to understand to be understood. So too often we come to a situation or an argument like we're talking about with the goal of being understood by someone 
instead of seeking to understand someone. And so as a result, we become directive. We make assumptions that aren't helpful. We jump to conclusions. We become a teller instead of a listener. And people are mirrors. We reflect the behavior of those that surround us. In fact, we're created to do this. This is what it means to be made in the image of God. We're created to reflect God. We're created to be mirrors. And we're supposed to mirror God to people around us. That's why we need to surround ourselves with the presence of God so that we mirror Him. But if we don't do that, or we wrestle to do that, sometimes what happens is we, we mirror the brokenness of our world around us instead of mirroring God to the world around us. So what happens is when we come to an, a situation or a people group or, or a, a, a conflict with the goal of um, trying to make someone understand us instead of understanding them, they end up mirroring that. And so we've all experienced this, right? So when you come aggressive or directive towards someone, they tend to get their back up. Uh, and they tend to um, be directive and be tellers to us. Mm -hmm. And that's how arguments explode and emotions get high and things get said that we regret. And so people tend to mirror us. So that's why a soft answer turns away wrath. That's why if you actually approach a, a situation like that, with the desire to understand instead of being understood, what happens is they tend to mirror that, hmm. whatever group you're talking to, whether it's an individual or a person, even if you have a fundamental disagreement about what you're talking about, if you seek to understand where they come from their position, they'll tend to want to understand you and your position. So listening is so close to loving, most people can't tell the difference. And this is a different approach for many organizations, many businesses, even the broadcast industry, right, Melissa? Absolutely. I think, Kevin, I've taken so many notes personally today, just even listening to this. And it's, it's, it's the end goal, the end approach. So is it to just get what you want out of a conversation? Or is it actually, this is part of that journeying together as well. I think about as a team in a workplace environment. Again, it's like, let's all sit around and talk this through. And all of a sudden, as you're listening and talking, you're hearing different perspectives and people at the table. And so you don't just come in with your agenda. I've got to get this done. And if I yell loud enough, I'll be heard. Um, and, and as we talk about that in our communications industry that we're in, I think this, this is a whole uh, mindset shift for me as we're just talking about this is that we're broadcasters. Mm -hmm. We tell you, so to speak. That's kind of the traditional broadcast uh, methodology in that. And, and that's just how um, it has been. And I think it's culturally has been like that. Think about yourself uh, as a preacher and a pastor. Yeah. It's like people come to church or gather online to hear what one pastor is going to tell me. You tell us something. Right. And so I think us, even at Crossroads as broadcasters in Yes TV, we send out a message uh, to whoever wants to hear. And kind of it's this, it's, there's not as much listening going back and forth, but that is shifting. Uh, mm -hmm. We're moving from this culture of wanting to just be told what to think 
told what to believe to saying, no, we want to contribute our thoughts. We want to help process through that. And so there is a, a shift happening in broadcast and media and communications, as we all know. Um, you know, 40 years ago, there was three channels on, on TV that someone could listen to. And as uh, you know, today you're watching you might be listening to this podcast on your iPhone, the TV's on in the background, you've got Twitter going, like the messaging and the opportunities for us now as individuals to contribute into the conversation has grown exponentially. And so this yeah. is no longer just you listening to one person speaking. It's anymore. so true. I'm actually amazed at how my kids do that and do their homework at the same time. And they got all those things going <laughs> on. I don't time. know how effective anything is anymore, right? But <laughs> but it's true. It's this and and this ability that we want to say something about that. Look at Facebook and Twitter and all that's happening. This isn't just they're telling me the news anymore. They're telling me it's I actually have an opinion on that news story and I'm gonna blog about it. I'm gonna repost it and I'm gonna add my own editorial that goes along with it. So right. much... and not not just information though. They want to be creators and mm. producers and they mm -hmm. want to do it in a new way and there's a whole world out there of creativity and development that they want to be a part of that. They want to actually think about camera angles and lighting and and production of what they're saying and the way they say it mm -hmm. to convince people of the importance of it. It's really fascinating. So a key question then for us, right? When we think about that at Crossroads and STD, have we stayed so far a little bit in our little zone that we haven't been listening to the changes in culture, that we haven't been maybe aware of, um, yeah, those kind of the people on the margins that might not be at the table to say, all of a sudden we heard, you know, Joel talk a little bit about that. Like there's this video gaming world Twitch, like what is that all about? Right. And how, how do we continue to go into all the world and tell people about the life-changing message of Jesus? That's what we're about. And so we've got to start to think through that. Um, and we're not blaming broadcasts and linear television. That's, you know, we're blessed to be in that, but we do mm -hmm. have to start to think, what else is there and where are those conversations happening and be really in tune and listening to uh, to what is happening in those places. Yeah, it's a posture of humility too, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, us just not saying, okay, we have the answer. We know what to do because right. we've been doing media for 60 years. It's right. It's different. And we need to learn from some people who are on the ground doing it themselves right now so that yeah, we're not just coming in again. It's the, the talk and tell. Because we could say that even about this. There, you know, there's a group of people and a platform we need to be on. How do we know that? How are we listening and learning to even explore that? For sure. And this is this chapter was all about those who are on the margins and actually might be further ahead mm. in many ways as the world is shifting, as the organ as organizations and people are shifting, as mindsets are shifting. And so as an organization, we not only need to identify the people that we haven't been listening to, but what we need to learn from them. And not just listen to our donors and our evangelical Christian viewers, which we need to do that even better ourselves. Mm -hmm. They've been incredibly supportive people. And 
we don't even know if we we wouldn't even exist probably without the faithfulness and loyalty, right? Like yeah, you, you experienced that. That hits me often, actually. And as much as we are, you know, we do need to be listening to the other voices. We do, um, again, always are so thankful for who has been on this journey with us. And you, you think about we heard earlier that Stephen Parfenik was talking about, you know, just some of those the the stark reality about. Evangel well, first of all, Christians in Canada, then people who would identify themselves as an evangelical Christian is small. And then the people who would give to even um, give money and donations to something that we do. So when you look at that from a funnel perspective, it's a pretty small group of people in Canada who um, who have supported us and are on this journey with us, which we are so grateful and we can't lose. Obviously, we're not saying we're losing sight of them. They are an important group in all of this and we're thankful for God for that. Um, and I think they get excited about how do we reach more people? That That's what we're talking about here, right? And expanding and exploring some new ways uh, to do that. Exactly. This is about honoring the good intention of all those who've been faithful to this ministry for years and years and years to reach out to those people who don't know Jesus. It's about honoring the innovation that is in the DNA of this organization from the very beginning with David Maines and recognizing that uh, maybe in the midst of our past successes and expertise that we learned and gained, we may not have been as diligent as we need to be about exploring and discovering and adventuring and canoeing the mountains in order to continue to expand the reach, expand the influence in new ways and in different ways. And that's really what we're challenging ourselves to do as leaders, to take a good look in the mirror, to be humble enough, to be committed again in fresh ways to the mission and find new ways and new people that we can learn from and then we can earn the right to be understood mm. and explain how Jesus is the hope of the world. And we want to bring his truth and, and peace and grace and love uh, to everybody everywhere. Love it, Kevin. I, you know, my big takeaway today and something I'm going to uh, write down often is my goal today is not to be heard. That's not my goal today is, is that my, my voice needs to be heard, my opinion, uh, my way, uh, that my goal today is not to be heard and, and a posture of listening, which is, um, yeah. So thank you for that reminder just personally today. Um, and, and leave us, Kevin, with, you know, what's our clarity quote uh, for the day? Listening is so close to loving that most people can't tell the difference. <laughs>